0: So welcome to Impactful Billionaires, the podcast <laughs> show, with our very own award-winning social entrepreneur. <coughs> Nayasha. Are you all right, Nayasha? Yeah,
1: all of a sudden I've got a
0: cough.
1: Oh. So, oh my goodness, me the Fourth um news show. It In is the- God, I can't believe also that January is nearly coming to an end.
0: I oh, know it, yeah. it is, and uh, yeah. you know here we are, and we're going to be having our first um, show, our first not show club meeting of the year on Thursday night.
1: That's right, yeah. Oh, that's going to be interesting. I think I'm going to be in a hotel room. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yes. So
0: it it will um add to the 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 flavour. <laughs> So um that that'll be really good um and find out how people are getting on with their projects. I think actually Ken will be live from Lesotho as well. Oh,
1: it's going to be a global meeting.
0: <laughs> it's going to be a global meeting. <laughs> it's going to be a global African meeting.
1: African people joining and some Americans, don't we?
0: Yes, we do. Oh, Canadian, um, mm. Canadian, yeah, no, no. John is yeah, is um global also meeting. joining. Mm. So yeah. um. Anyway, if you would like to share your stories of impact, please get in touch at impactfulbillionaires at gmail.com. So to start us off this week, um, really quite an interesting story, as I said, that I just thought this man, whoever he was, just deserved a little bit of recognition. When I was checking up on news um, from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Mark Sussman, the CEO, was talking about a man called Chuck Feeney. Yeah, um, and apparently he lived an unassuming life with a $10 watch on his wrist. Mm-hmm. He died and he didn't even own a car or a house, Nyasha.
1: Mm. My goodness, what a fantastic person.
0: Um, and he he was also a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, And there were many remarkable things about Feeney, but this is what most inspired everybody at the Gates Foundation is he gave away virtually all of his wealth while he was alive. He prioritized people living furthest from opportunity, supporting HIV clinics in South Africa, and grassroots efforts to expand healthcare coverage to, to name but a few.
1: Wow, that's a, incredible. And it, it, it's so inspiring because he was sort of really quite uh, humble and unassuming. And I don't think many people knew his immense wealth and the impact he was making. You were just silently in the background, uh, beavering away as a true philanthropist, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: um. Yes, it's just a fantastic, fantastic man. We should really mention him, and remember him. I do hope he had a family. Or, uh, you know, it's quite interesting story.
0: Yeah, and um, um it's yeah. an incredible story. I mean, he um, his giving made immense, apparently, and measurable impact. Um yeah. you know and and today philanthropists also have a once in a generation opportunity to really reduce in, inequities on a massive scale. So I mean it's it's just yeah. incredible. and I mean, obviously you know he he must have been involved with the uh, the Gates Foundation as I've just said and in the case yeah. of polio, he you know, he's obviously um given to to aid that because they've had a real, breakthrough with polio in recent years haven't they
1: yes they have and he really helped with this um to 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 dedicate his resources in there in polio yeah Mm.
0: yeah um he helped with such a lot of things and and his name wasn't you know mentioned and it's Mm. obviously not what i did it for is it you know it's what he did it for no, no. So um, anyway, so just just thoughts out there for Chuck, Chuck Feeney, yeah. um, who died very recently. So, yeah, yeah. thoughts with his family and, and friends.
1: Yes.
0: What an incredible man.
1: Yeah. Definitely. There's a lot of generosity, and this one, it seems really so special because he didn't make an issue about it. He didn't sing or dance about it. He just did it. It sounds like a real doer yes he didn't want the lamplight in it or this the and this um mark Sussman, he said he's gonna shine a light on him so <laughs> when in his death we, we're remembering him and we're shining a light on him
0: yeah yeah which which is lovely isn't it and i i think you know that that that's more um, obviously apt for a person like that you know he obviously didn't really want to be recognized as you said yeah. Um. Yeah. and so now it, it it is apt to shine a light on him because you know what an incredible person to do all that to be selfless yeah um you know in in life so i think yeah that's that's just truly amazing anyway Changing the subject, it was Holocaust Memorial Day at the weekend on the twenty seventh.
1: Yes, it was yes,
0: um, and of course, um, yeah. I mean, always something that you know should be marked because it it really was, you know, about terrible six million Jewish people, women. Men and children were murdered during the Holocaust, alongside the millions of other people killed under Nazi persecution and those killed in other genocides such as Rwanda, Srebrenica, and uh, Cambodia. Wow!
1: Yes. Wow. Um. It's, so, it's massacres. Um. Um. Uh, yes, I was reading. By a friend of mine, around the massacres which happened in Zimbabwe after just straight after independence, and and I, th- I was just saying it's a global problem, isn't it? Yeah.
0: The,
1: the main thing for me is how we can um, not have it repeated. Uh, you know, and you know what I mean. To
0: well, uh, yeah, still going
1: on. You know, people are being persecuted, and massacred continuously. And uh, I just thought the Holocaust was one, one of those big ones, which I think everybody said they was never one that repeated uh, anywhere. But it has been with the thought, what, what are we doing as a community to ensure that this doesn't happen? And what happened in Rwanda was dreadful. I think two million people died, neighbors killing each other. And that's what happened in German, um, neighbors telling on each other. And uh, uh, families, uh, yeah, being completely torn apart.
0: Completely torn apart. And a lot of it is because they were living in fear.
1: Yes. It was just, uh, yeah. Once you see fear, you can do a lot of things out of fear. It's just, yeah. So I don't know what uh, we're doing in UK to remember this day.
0: Well, the, you know, there there is normally, you know, obviously services um and you know people do go along and remember holocaust day and memorial day
1: holocaust memorial day trust yes yeah
0: in the uk so Yeah. yeah um and and you can go along and you know be part of that um obviously that was on saturday so um and, you know, obviously it's about coming together and to recommit to building a society free from anti-Semitism, persecution mm-hmm. and hatred.
1: Um, it's all about hatred, really.
0: It is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as you said, I mean, it, it is shocking that some of this is still going on now, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, with um, the situation that we've got in Gaza as well. Yeah. Um. You know, from both sides, I mean you know we we we'd be here all day, and obviously we we can't um be here all day, but I mean, you know there there's so many people that against different religions and as I always say, I think you know sometimes religion can be more trouble than it's worth
1: yeah, yeah. you know, so um.
0: Yeah. Just really not not a good thing, is it? You know, yeah. it's not at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean obviously the, there is the good side of it, but uh but yes, so um anyway, we've got, got a bit of different news, haven't we, this week?
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> so yeah. um we've got uh some news from Lynn Franks.
1: Yeah, my very own friend i've thought of you know a woman who really started talking about a long time ago about doing business the feminine way and you know she produced it i think more than 25 years ago a seed handbook telling us all about how we can do the feminine way and what a huge impact that handbook has been it's touched so many people's lives and now she's setting up this with lucy the common ground point
0: is it yes yeah 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 it is yeah. so um so it's a it's a common ground world and it's like an investing platform yeah. um and you get seed tokens and it look it looks good um i i have to be honest i should probably not say that but i've actually signed up but i think it, it you know it's great you can do crowdfunding campaigns Yes. um and other and things, and I think it's just a really just
1: launching the crowdfunding at the moment, and not they? Yes. And you, can, you too, can be a partner to the campaign.
0: Yeah.
1: It's the world's first female marketplace with its own token, using blockchain technology.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I think that that's potentially really, really good, isn't it?
1: Yes, fantastic.
0: Yeah. So yeah, love about, to see uh,
1: empowering women everywhere, redefining comments i love that redefining commerce and yeah commerce and focus on the environment
0: definitely yes really?
1: yeah
0: um, well like like your world impact fund has a, a strong yeah, focus imp- on the em- environment
1: and impact yeah impacting women and empowering women economically and just yeah definitely redefin- i've never i'm gonna copy that word redefining promise
0: (laughs) yeah use it I think it's it's good I think that really is yeah it's it's most apt isn't it really with um you know we're we're now in an age where we need to be female-led yeah
1: yes (laughs) definitely yes it's the time
0: yeah the time has come so
1: meanwhile Catherine Our, our very own impact billionaire she's been everywhere
0: <laughs> she has been yes. everywhere she yes. has yes. and wow, it,
1: she's not sitting down
0: the she labor, is labor no United
1: sector right? um summit
0: yes yeah at the labor party third sector summit with alongside yeah. bridget phillipson yes um and, and
1: funding percent yeah, yeah and the early years it's early years is that's it, that's when you capture, that's when the support is really needed. Yes, and um, yeah, it, it needs a lot of funding, a lot of resources, definitely uh, because there's such a need. Um, and then on Thursday, she was off again to differ.
0: <laughs> yeah, she was, she's been um, to the to, uh, Duke of Edinburgh. Yeah, she uh, uh, funded an early years send partnership London conference. So
1: yeah.
0: yeah, she's um she's actually coming on uh, Thursday.
1: Yeah, on BBC, she's going to do a piece about it.
0: No, no, she did last Thursday. This last Thursday, Thursday. Yeah, she's okay. with us in the, in the club.
1: Oh, she's coming again.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's Fine. she's coming again. So um yeah, yeah. I think she um yeah, I think she's amazing, personally. Mm. You know, I've known Catherine a long time.
1: Yeah, um, oh, she's absolutely lovely. I remember interviewing her a long time ago. <laughs> I know. And she's, on, she's, on, she's on fire, 2024.
0: She is on fire. <laughs> yeah,
1: she's on the go. Absolutely. She, then she went off Them Valley TV, then Radio 5 Live during the Drive Time show. Then on Saturday, she's off to Wilshire to deliver another sex session.
0: Yeah. At the conference about uh, inclusion in the early years. Yeah, she wow. Yeah, so yeah. um that's really good. Um and again our Fatima.
1: Um, I know. She uh, yeah, it's fantastic. So really, really fantastic at the Patricia Awards as a key keynote speaker.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, she yeah, you know, people really loved her her story, everything incredible
0: incredible person yeah she is a very uh, uh,
1: efl are supporting her campaign
0: that's right and that's the english football league
1: yeah um, so
0: give um more young people in care opportunities to play football
1: yes. actually
0: which is you know really popular and i think it, it it's a really good thing for them yeah to be honest so yeah that that's brilliant and um so I'm really happy about that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, as I said, we've got other impactful billionaires doing other things, and it was lovely to have, um, Fatima be part of uh, the Thames Valley, um, business and community awards the other night with our mm. uh, other impactful billionaire, Alec. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't space. know how much
1: you raised for charity that day. I think he hasn't finished counting. <laughs> oh know. well, no, that's
0: good. That mm. is good, um, because they've got an amazing charity as well, Cherishers, mm. which is it really helps with um old people and vulnerable people in the community, doesn't it? Yes. So, yeah. So that's great. And um, another one
1: next week on on the, this, this Thursday. The yes. Mm. There's
0: uh one in the southwest southwest yeah. wards. Mm-hmm. um so that's on thursday so if you are around the southwest you should go and attend um that that would be good um and as i said obviously we've got our impactful billionaires club on the 1st of february this thursday so looking forward to that and hearing people's new year projects
1: mm-hmm. what about ayo what is ayo been up to she not be making films
0: yeah, well, she's working closely with ITN Business Hub. Um, so she's done um a collaboration. Here we go, big word this year in twenty twenty-four <laughs> with um the Brain Charity. Yeah. Um. So inside Neurology, our unique brain. Um. So it's a really interesting program that you should all watch. I think you can get it online mm-hmm. on um the ITN Hub um now and um yeah io is presenting it um and it, yeah it's well worth watching apparently um about neurological conditions uh, wow. and championing neurodiversity
1: wow.
0: yeah so
1: and bridget is on on a mission to raise funds for her school
0: she is on a mission is our bridget yes i think she's coming on thursday as well so we'll get um an even okay. more in-depth update mm-hmm. of what's going on so that should be good and then of course we've got um as i said after thursday we're we're then heading for our 21st of march date which is great isn't it
1: yes a lot of people are coming and yesterday you met someone from reading um is it an enterprise
0: Reading business network,
1: business network, yes,
0: yes. So, um, so yes, um, so we're we've got the the reading business what networking involved as well. So that's really good. So yes, yeah, so that's on the twenty first of March, and that's um a collaboration, a partnership between Impactful Billionaires and Great British Expos. Yes,
1: that's gonna be really. I'm so excited. Everyone is talking about it. Yeah. And um, no, that's gonna be fantastic. I'm so looking forward to it. I'm hoping that I'll have my book cover.
0: You better so, have your book cover.
1: Can I can pre-order my book before <laughs> it comes out?
0: Yeah, because I'm going to be there making sure that people are gonna get a so copy good. of your book.
1: Yeah. Wonderful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, without further ado, it's a goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Coming up this week, Nyasha chats to Angus Thomas.
1: Hello and welcome. My next guest is Angus Thomas, who went on a business trip to Dubai several years ago and came across women needing help who have been sex trafficked from Ghana. Angus founded the Hope Education Project and have been rescuing women in Africa ever since. Anger shares his plight to make a difference and to stop human trafficking. He has he held an exhibition in London last year and works tires, tirelessly to raise more awareness.
0: You're listening to Impactful Billionaires, the podcast with the UK's top award winning social entrepreneur, Nayesh Kwakditsa. Why not be part of the club Transforming Lives and join us on Patreon? If you would like to get in touch, email impactfulbillionaires at gmail.com. This is a for the now media production.
1: So I was thinking you're, you're going to check in from Ghana or Dubai. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I wish I'm. I'm just recovering from throat cancer, actually. So um, I've been oh, grounded since wow. um, July. So I, I finished my treatment in um, October, but then the real recovery started November, December, and um, so fortunately, I can now eat. But I will have to take a drink from time to time because uh, my gift of saliva was taken away from me uh, in the cancer treatment. So, well, um,
1: oh, you've
2: got to drink lots of
1: water.
2: Yeah. Well, it's amazing how much water you need to eat. You know, I mean, until you actually drink it, you don't realize how hard your poor old salivary glands are working.
1: <laughs> wow. oh, yeah. Lord.
2: yeah. So oh. anyway, I'm, I'm very lucky that um, that, uh, you know, so far it's been successful. So, um,
1: oh, uh, for that. Yet. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's only because I got um, my doctor misdiagnosed me in um, february and um sort of dismissed my swelling out of hand and it wasn't until i came back from ghana in july having been in ghana for a month i came back with uh typhoid and my um uh, thy- my um uh oh, what are these glands on your neck called anyway uh they they the lymph nodes, uh, lymph came,
1: nodes up, yes, yeah. uh,
2: came up like bilio so um it flagged that i had something much worse than just uh typhoid
1: so Oh, goodness me. But how much time do you spend in Ghana?
2: Well, I mean, setting up this project, um, I think I've done six trips now. Um, oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's been a real labour of love for me. And
1: yeah. um, I, I, uh, I, I've been to Ghana once. Okay, yeah, I love it. Two years ago. Yeah. Coffee, actually wouldn't I, wouldn't
2: okay. I? yes, well, I first started. I first went there in November 2021. twenty mm. one um, yeah and uh, I fell in love with it from the minute I touched down. so um I adopted oh. a girl in that I rescued from the Middle East. I adopted a girl um, that I'd rescued and um, it was too dangerous for me to meet up in Nigeria with her where she lives. so we decided to meet in Ghana uh, Ghana oh. No. oh no. Um, yeah and that was the start of my journey into Ghana. So.
1: Wow. Wow. So uh, w- do you live with her now here in UK? Yes,
2: yeah, so I've always lived in the UK except uh, during Covid I actually lived in New York and Miami for or Miami Beach for 2 years but um, <laughs> so, um, You live I mean, a, an exotic life you do. <laughs> uh, when I got an exo- well I had a, I I've got a wife that uh lives an exotic work life so I I play second. The uh, follow her around Exactly, a clear up behind her.
1: Wow, yeah. <laughs> sounds fantastic. Yeah, so uh,
2: what are you focusing on at the moment? So um, during my, well I'm focusing on the Hope Education Project, which mm-hmm. is a human trafficking education and awareness program for schools mm-hmm. and communities in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, but f- when I was diagnosed with um, cancer in July, mm-hmm. Contemporaneously with that, I secured funding for my pilot project in Ghana um, from a donor who wanted to run a campaign in, in the United Arab Emirates through my other, um, what do we call it, campaign if you like, uh, Send Them Home. Um, mm. and so, uh, So in fact, whilst I've been sick, I've been in the care of a wonderful communications agency in London. And we've been running a campaign over the last uh, four uh, three months uh, targeting hotels in geotargeting hotels uh, through social media platforms. uh, Just um, spreading the message about sex trafficking and um, the plight of. uh, Well, we've been focusing on Nigerian women, but um, West African women uh, and sex trafficking in general in Dubai and uh, the sponsors. we created. I fortunately I got to the end of my treatment, and they um, they uh, put together a video of myself, um, six of the survivors that I brought back uh, from Dubai to Nigeria, and the head of the anti-trafficking agency NAPTIP in uh, Nigeria, mm-hmm. and uh, produced that. a fifteen-minute uh, video, which we've now had. In all its iterations, we've now had five million views on. So um,
1: oh, no. sponsors
2: are very happy with that. So, wow. and then during we we um, they also put on a um, an exhibition in uh, Soho, um, which um, again the director of Natip in um, uh, in Nigeria came over to open with me, and oh. uh, then we've had a few um, uh, sort of thought leadership events. We've had a um, a panel discussion there moderated by the financial times and mm-hmm. um it's been an amazing experience so even though i've been away from ghana actually you know a huge amount of activity has happened and i've been able mm-hmm. to do it you know whilst being sick,
1: you I've know, been so, sick?
2: Oh, wow. so, so i've really bled a, a very blessed year because i i um i started the year off in miami i went to uh Kenya to meet a woman that I had rescued from the Middle East on my way Mm. to South Africa to spend two weeks with my elderly parents who have a house there. And Mm. uh, then I went to Ghana for a month, had all my family in Turkey for for a seven day holiday and then spent the next five months buried in cancer treatment and recovery. So it it
1: 2023
2: was a year of two halves.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you definitely. And how how big is this problem?
2: Uh, in Ghana or generally?
1: No, it is human trafficking uh, in in UAE or the Middle East.
2: Okay, so so talking specifically about the UAE and the Middle East, the the problem with the UAE specifically is you've got 10 million people in the UAE, but 9 million of them are migrant workers.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so you you have got a sea of visas swimming around and a very lapsed visa system. So no one is means tested on the way in, or you don't have to have employment. You, know, you don't have to have letters of recommendation. You don't have to have uh, letters of endorsement from your home country. You just need to apply for a visa and have a job the other end and um up until recently uh you know there's been this flood of um you know of um i mean the 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 view i have is only of west africa so there's there's been a there's been a flood of mainly Nigerian women uh, mm. being trafficked into uh into the uh uae and 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 simply people are offered uh um you know jobs through connections in in nigeria uh you know so for, for a lot of the girls they they knew the they knew the first point of contact to the trafficker so for example uh one of the girls it was a regular client who came she made her hair up and came into the hair salon regularly who yeah. suggested to her that she was a pretty girl how would she like to earn money making hair in dubai mm. and, and then she was passed on to another woman who then passed her on to the to trafficker they they arranged a um, a fee uh, for for going out there, which was this sort of um, uh, it's like a debt bondage. They they put a fee on their head, so it's ten thousand um, dollars that they have to earn to pay back the cost of taking them there and getting the job, so to speak. Oh right, okay. So, mm-hmm. uh, so they they managed to get them a passport very quickly because the the traffickers. The, certainly, the the main ringleader leader um, of the main trafficking ring that we that we broke up um, or that I broke up um, uh, she was very well connected inside the passport office as well she had people inside there so she procured them passports and then the minute the girls got to or the women got to uh, Dubai their passports are taken away mm. um, and then they uh, they're locked up in an apartment and then they are basically forced into um, either working from an apartment to go and uh, you know
1: um, or they- they
2: meet the there at the apartment or in the hotels that's why you're targeting hotels yeah that's right so in general they're meeting at hotels because the apartments are horrendous places There, i mean some of the apartments uh, we've been involved in there's been you know maybe 20 women sleeping in you know across you know, three rooms they're all sleeping on the floor and they get one meal a day typically uh they beg for food during the day um and you know perversely uh even though the work is horrendous and and the punishments for not doing the work or not having sex you know without a condom or if there's a complaint from a client uh the 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 the, the worst part are are the punishments but but perversely the highlight is actually doing the work because oh. when they meet a you know a, a relatively um well there are two types of clients there's the the western client uh, who seems to take care of the girls, will feed them, give them a bath. The girls get to go to a ho- nice hotel. They they get taken care of in general. People are pretty kind to them in general. Um, they get to go in a nice car and they spend some time off the street, you know, on a proper bed. Um, and even though, you know, they are subjected to effectively, you know, rape, um, they, uh, you know, they at least get fed. Um, the, the issues that they've highlighted to me are when they get an African client who is used to paying let's shall we say you know five to ten dollars I mean in, in Accra in the slums you can you can have you know have sex for a dollar I mean you know yeah. pretty much with any age that you want um, And uh, and of course they when they're paying $100 for, for a hundred dollars for a Nigerian girl in Dubai, you know, they really want hundred dollars worth, and so it's it's brutal for, for these poor women. Um, so, um, and African girls are very low down the pecking order in terms of, um, if you say like a price hierarchy. So, oh, if you're in nice. a club, you know, and you're an attractive Latvian girl or a Russian girl with you know lily white skin, mm. uh, you know, they you know, because they it's
1: better mind- it in price.
2: Yeah, there's a th- you know they're a thousand dollars a night plus, and and you know that let's not forget that you know there are women who choose to do this occupation, and mm. but to people Dubai. haven't chosen; they've gone there under are no. to They've been tricked, yeah, they've been yeah. tricked. And um, mm-hmm. th- there are an element of um, of girls who go to do sex work, um, but mm-hmm. that doesn't make them any less of a victim because when they get there, uh, they're treated horrifically, and yeah. um, you know it, it's it's really very difficult for them. So.
1: Wow. But so, do they, you know, when they have got a client, do they actually that's is the money,
2: is there a transaction of money or is yes. the person who brought them there? No, it's, there's a transaction of money between the girls, but how, how the madams run the, um, the organisation is that they create a hierarchy of girls within their cohort of girls that they trafficked. So as you progress through the system, by earning mm. enough money and being there long enough, you'll mm. given more responsibility because eventually you'll be able to leave your madame and go and set up your own trafficking operation. So mm. that's so some of the girls who... But that's the ultimate uh, game. Well, it is because they see the money the traffickers are making. And, mm. uh, you know, th- these, you know, we think of, you know, you're, you know, you're not, you think of, um a trafficker i don't know what vision you might have but but the the main woman we broke up who's now still at large she's uh, um uh well i'm not going to use her name but um uh, she's on you know nigeria's she's in the top 50 most wanted people and certainly in the top 10 most wanted women in nigeria mm. uh, you know she she's got a heavy duty money laundering uh, operation and uh, gold laundering uh, operation back to nigeria and you know she's trafficked girls as young as thirteen into um, Dubai, so oh. um, you know it, it's it's um, it's serious business.
1: Oh wow, it's really serious business. And what it it just sounds horrendous, really horrendous. So what happens when you rescue these women? Where do they
2: um um they end up back in Nigeria, Ghana? Yeah, so. Um, so there's two sides to my life. One is one is the send them home campaign, um, which
1: so is, when you find when you find them in uh,
2: whatever, in Dubai, you, yeah. you got a program for them to go back. No. So so my my I, I got into this completely by accident. And yeah, that
1: uh, was going to be my other question. How did you get into do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't wake up one day, say I'm going to risk it with me
2: Definitely not. Let me tell you. Up until I was uh fifty, I'm sixty now. So up until I was fifty-six, there were no West Africans in my life, and now my life is completely West Africans. So uh, <laughs> I, don't you know how that, I don't know <laughs> how that happens. No, yeah. so I I was on a, a stopover for three days on the way back from Indonesia, where my stepson was living, mm. and. um my wife was ill on new year's eve and she asked me to go and get some something from the supermarket from her i stepped out and there were some girls outside the hotel all dressed in bodycon dresses and lots of people were dressed up for new year's eve and i just i just said to them hey girls you look wonderful have a great evening tonight and uh one of them ran after me and um propositioned me for sex. And I said no, but she followed me to the supermarket around the supermarket, and we got chatting. And I'm a photographer by background, and I have a good um, antennae for a story. And I'm oh. very curious about new situations. In fact, that day I'd been on on the uh, Dow boats that go back and forth from Dubai to Iran, uh, mm-hmm. photographing some of the crew on there. And um, anyway, I said, you know do you want to be here when she explained the situation and she said no and i said well if you meet me at, i haven't got time now because it was nearly midnight i wanted to see the burj caliph and what have you but i said um i if you meet me here tomorrow at seven o'clock i'll i'm leaving at 12 um i'll help you so seven o'clock came and went i explained to my wife what had gone on in her absence <laughs> uh she very kindly allowed me to uh to, uh to go and meet this girl again and um anyway i waited for an hour and she turned up at eight and uh anyway i was very concerned about her but that she turned out she was trafficked and within on the on the flight just before we were about to take off i made a plan with her to to uh get her to a hotel and um she video called me as she was being beaten um back at the uh, place so I made it my mission to get her out of there. And uh, when we landed in London, I set about getting her about and getting her out. And within three days I had her back in Nigeria. But the thing is there were 22 other women held with her. So I then made it my mission for the next three months to rescue the rest of the women. Mm. And um, it sort of made me, um, turn me into a bit of a specialist on sex trafficking of West Africans into Dubai. And I launched a GoFundMe campaign, uh, which was picked up by the BBC and then um, thankfully by Victoria Derbyshire, who was a great lever for fundraising. And um, we had a lot of small dollar donations from highly motivated um, females under 30 um, who got right behind the campaign. And we raised enough money to bring the girls home or the women home. I keep calling them girls, but the women, the women home and um over we so we we've rescued women as and when we get money but it's very expensive and uh we actually rescued three over christmas one of whom amara chi she went as a hairdresser charming girl very resourceful she went as a hairdresser and uh, she was locked up in an apartment for two years in a room never allowed outside of the room and she was servicing men from morning through night yeah. and uh after two years, she was allowed into the apartment, into the other areas and uh, she managed to escape after two years and eight months. And um, she met somebody who knew me and um, we managed to get her home within three days, which was amazing.
1: Wow. Um,
2: so so the, the problem is that it, it costs maybe a thousand dollars to get a girl home or a woman yeah. home, um, and, um, so, which is why I started Hope Education Project because uh, if you can educate young people where they are... To be aware
1: of the risks for them to live in the first place. It's almost about the um, similar thing about um, migration. I I don't know whether Ali told you about uh, a fund I'm setting up for women entrepreneurs. Right, gender lens, and the main purpose is to empower women, but to also create jobs for young people in Africa um, in that... um, uh, you know, when you see people, you know, some of people drowning in North of Africa trying to get to Europe. Yeah. And I'm always saying people are always talking about it in, in such a terrible the political reason, whatever. But these people are coming for economic reasons. Yeah, that's right. right. So the, why can't we find, create jobs where they are so they I don't agree. have to leave? I agree. So it's, it's the same principle. It's so important. You right. you, know, you need to sort of... You know, rescuing them it's, it's okay once they're in um, in those places, but it, it really needs to start where it comes from. And totally right. Get to a situation where those girls don't leave home.
2: Totally right, and and yeah. um, so so the hope education project is not going to solve the human trafficking problem. Yes. And one of the problems with with um, the way human trafficking is dealt with is um um there's a lot of well-meaning. Uh, everybody's following the money so a lot of ngos are involved in human trafficking rescues but they're also they're involved in repatriation education skills training you know and a whole host of other things yeah. uh, mental hygiene, but the problem is they're not doing any one of those things well because they're not specializing in something
1: yeah, so yeah. if
2: we all for my mind if we if hep can specialize in one thing which is yeah. Human trafficking education and awareness for schools and communities. Mm-hmm. Then, then we, when we link hands or we link up with other people who are filling in the yeah. gaps. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so, but to your to your point about, um, uh, you know, the, the the employment for women. I've been uh, very immersed in a community of women in Northern Ghana called uh, the Manprusi, mm-hmm. and um, so so since the 1980s in the north uh, which is dreadfully affected by um climate change um the uh, mamprusi have sent their women south um to work in the markets so as what they call oh, Kaya, oh, which oh, are the women with the bowls on their heads at the markets
1: yes yes yeah
2: yes. you've seen them in, in uh, yeah. makoda yeah. and so so these women used to start coming down between 23 years old and 30 years old
1: mm-hmm.
2: now what's happening is that The uh, man Prusi are liquidating their daughters, so that every time there's economic hardship, children as young as six are being sent south, six hundred miles south, to sleep rough on the streets and to work in the markets. And and on a good day, they might earn, well, you know, an able-bodied eighteen-year-old might be expected to earn five dollars a day, but pretty that would be an exceptional day and
1: yeah. the problem
2: is because of climate change and the number of uh, and the age limit and, and the age range of the girls there
1: yeah
2: the competition is fierce for work
1: yeah. oh, and those oh, girls
2: god. are subject Don't
1: to, dog really oh god it's terrible
2: all it, those girls yeah. are subject to you know sexual abuse uh, unwanted pregnancies yeah. and these are very strict muslim girls you know it's it's yeah. it's, it's, oh, it's a, you know for them it's okay. there's lots of implications and but the, the problem is what I see is a lot of charities with that commit with the, that community because obviously there's there's, ch- there's human trafficking involved in that because there's child labor. So mm-hmm. these children are they're not they're not working as part of the farm, they're not you know they're mm-hmm. not doing jobs for mum and dad, they're out earning money for mm-hmm. their brother's education,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, you know, in the north because mm-hmm. because the men really don't work, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So the girls are sending home money to support the brothers to pay for the brothers to go to university.
1: Um,
2: to frankly get a worthless degree, yeah. and they're going to end up on the farm anyway. Mm. So, um, yeah. Oh. But the but what I see there with NGOs is that they are focusing all their attention on where these KIa girls are. So they're dealing with menstrual hygiene, their their tokenism in terms of what they're handing out. You know, they get to go and spend a day at the ambassador's residence at the British ambassador's residence.
1: Mm.
2: You know, they they have a photo op with their, with. Their, you know, population fund, yeah. yeah. Oh, but actually, what yeah. needs to happen is some proper work back home, where they yeah. need to educate so the they men. Don't, they, don't come,
1: they don't come. there in the first place. Yeah. Or...
2: So they need to do the hard work, which is travel yeah. north, go it's and get true. into the. But community. they can't be bothered. It's too much. No. It, and, and it's too and 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 the thing is, funders want these short-term results. Oh, and no. as you know. You know. It does not happen Economic empowerment is about a long is a long road to travel, and.
1: Yeah. Um, you know. It's a really long road to travel. Yeah. Oh, what, oh, my heart really goes out to this. Uh, you know, the amount of uh, empathy I have for this situation. And when um, Ali was telling me, that's why I really wanted to interview about the amount of impact you're making and difference you're making to people's lives. But I mean, I'm just thinking of the audience listening. Well, how, I mean, where do you start with such a big problem? I was just thinking what what have you learned? What three top things have you learned? How can someone avoid
2: it? <laughs> 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 you know, where do you start? It's such a big problem. You start small and and that's yeah. what we're doing. So we're starting we're starting um so so what I what I was gonna say is that the, the we we we, we're focusing our energy and attention on the Ghana project, which is the yeah. School of Education Programme, yeah. and we are converting Send Them Home into an advocacy project. Mm-hmm. So in Dubai, we're pushing for uh, cr- creating an organisation that will basically ca- kite mark hotels, because hotels are providing a forum for mm-hmm. sex transactions in their clubs, mm-hmm. uh, in their casinos, and in their bars. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and wherever you get prostitution, you will get women yeah. who have been trafficked for sex. Yeah. So yeah. what we want to have is a proper auditing kite mark so that when hotel groups say in the back pages of their prospectuses, um, you know, this is our human trafficking policy, this is our human rights policy, actually you can kite mark it and say, yes, and there's no prostitution or our bars have been vetted so that there is no, uh, there is, no, there are no traffic people in there. Mm-hmm. Because we yeah. mm-hmm. so, so that is one thing. Um, a, there, are, there are a few other um, initiatives we've got going on, but the focus of my attention is on Hope Education Project. Mm-hmm. and We're starting in the north of Ghana in mm-hmm. small, uh, they call them Zongo communities. So they're migrant uh, Muslim um, communities mm-hmm. and very, very um, poor. And where mm-hmm. the uh, traffickers prey on the poor in these villages buying their daughters buying their sons and um and taking them away for forced labor forced sexual exploitation Um, but the uh say so one thing i've learned is that there is um an incredible this business is is driven by females for for example in nigeria that that was a very surprising learning point for me when you think of 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 women, I think of mothers protecting their children, and yeah,
1: uh, yes.
2: Um, oh. and you know, in Nigeria, it seems to me that people I I, I have to confess, I've never been to Nigeria.
1: No, um, I wanted yeah. to go when I went to Nigeria, but because of COVID, something okay. they wouldn't let me in or something. We're
2: well, so I, I we going to Nigeria there. this year to see my adopted daughter, but um, okay. and I'm looking forward to the experience, but from from looking on from afar, you know, if if you make money in human trafficking in Nigeria, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people name streets after you. Um, But if you come back, poor, you live a life of shame, because your family sent you off, you know, you wave goodbye to all your friends, you big it up on your social media, I'm going to Dubai, I'm going to be a hairdresser, I'm going to earn money. And then you come back. Yeah. Like This week, you know, which she she's been girl's been bleeding for nine months now I mean wow. you know, she she's we put her in hospital and um, she's having treatment thank goodness um, but you know there there's very significant psychological problems that these women come that's home with
1: money. yeah that's can, what I was thinking about rehabilitation
2: people who've been rest- there is no money for rehabilitation that is the problem you know, that is one of the big problems and, and that's a that's a worldwide problem for rehabilitation yeah. because one of, the, one of the issues with human trafficking is victims are treating as criminals yeah. Even in this country. You know, we, yeah. we, we treat victims of human trafficking as criminals. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, especially in Dubai, if you go and hand yourself in as somebody who's escaped a, a trafficker
1: yeah.
2: and you go to the police, they will prison you for four, for four weeks. So wow. it, automatically, because the system is not set up oh, uh, to, to deal with victims.
1: So, yeah. yeah. Wow. So,
2: yeah so that's 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 um um you know the sad thing and and you know you can imagine i always imagine in my in my mind you know the journey that a young girl who's been let's say hawking water in benin city in a market in her local market since she was six Mm. and she's now 18 she you know she's Flying off to Dubai. I mean, she has no idea where Dubai is. She has no idea what an airplane is. Mm -hmm. She has all this excitement of getting to Dubai. You get to the airport. The airport's amazing. You know,
1: you've
2: Mm -hmm. just been living in dust and dirt, eating, you know, rough for many, many years. You get to Dubai and then you, you, you know, you take that drive in through to Dubai and then you end up in this apartment and then it's just a, a slow, dismantling of all your expectations okay. that you're there and you're going to service men for sex yeah. and, and you're not going to earn any money out of it. No. And um, uh, I just think when you when they come home oh. you know the, the shame that they bring home with them not only of having done what they've done, work that they've done yeah. but the shame of coming home with no money uh, and the shame of coming home possibly HIV positive or with other uh, um, conditions other conditions and one girl again this girl Amra Chi who we brought home in December um, she's still hiding out she lives um, in uh, Port Harcourt but she's still hiding out in um, Lagos because she hopes to earn some money to take home to her parents before she goes home because she's too ashamed to go home wow. it's uh, it's heartbreaking oh
1: that's so awful.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, that was such an awful
2: story honestly
1: but anyway this whole you're doing your, what you're I'm doing my bit,
2: and I've met some you're incredible people along the and,
1: way. Uh, 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 we just need to have lots of support and have this awareness about this huge problem. And it's, it's, it's a global problem, you know. It's not like uh, climate change. It's, yeah. it's, 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 that's the same thing with human. It doesn't matter what country you're, you're coming from. And, and I always think as long as there's this divide, the north and the south, in terms of wealth and um whatever this is always going to happen so we need to get to the root of it to empower people so that they they've got enough we all got you know the resources in the world Mm. and they need to be shared so it's a bit equal there's a bit of a balance amen
2: i mean i i think that the problem can be tackled at both ends yes we, we can educate and raise awareness amongst the potential victim we can empower them by providing I, I think in the main, education's a waste of time with the audience I'm dealing with. What they need is skills. They need farming yeah. skills. They, they yeah. need long-term business support. Yeah. They need microloans. They yeah. need you know, all of that that you're very yeah. well aware of. Yeah. But, but, but on the consumer end, in terms of what I'm looking at, which is sex trafficking, mm-hmm. what we need, or, and, and, and to a certain extent, all human trafficking, mm-hmm. is we, we need to educate the population at large as to what human trafficking looks like.
1: Yes. When you go and
2: get your car cleaned, or when you go and get your nails done, yes. or when you go and have a massage, or, yes. or when you're using a the services of a prostitute,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you need to be aware that, you know, are these people okay? You know, check in with them. Because mm-hmm. the number of times girls that I or women that I've met that have been helped by people who do check in with them and say, are you okay? Do you need anything? Are you here? Mm-hmm. Because you want to be here. And yeah. then, oh and, and you know there are a lot of good Samaritans in the world yeah, they are. By yeah. phone and you know yeah. so, so one of the other campaigns we're we're thinking about with um um uh, send them home uh in Dubai is about educating the users of um sex services about yeah. the the women that they are taking these services from about yeah. you know just educating them you know is, is this woman you know there because she wants to be you know could you do something to report this could you do something to help her? And I think as you know, as long as we can all do our bit to raise awareness, whether it's at the car wash, the nail bar, or whatever, oh, then yeah. we just need to check in with people. But, you know, we're, we're busy people, we have our eyes down, we're on our phones. I screen. know,
1: so blinker, to a ton of vision, isn't it? You yeah. You can't even see things around you. Right. No. Um, even <laughs> when you go on holiday, I remember going to Zanzibar uh, uh, on an occasion, as a, just as a tourist. And then I went back re- recently to do this uh, Africa Foundation work, and I walked past that school, and I was so I was so I was so about what was going on in the school. You know what I mean? I remember seeing the children coming out to the beach and whatever. You know what I mean? And I said, "I've been here." You know when, when they were telling me that they're going to send take me to I didn't know the name of the school. They were, uh, and I said, "God, all these tourists around." Okay. Um. Um. when you're a tourist you've got to one angle and when yeah. you go there purposely and intentionally you start seeing things you never yeah. saw them no it, it's different yeah.
2: and, and you know I, i've had my eyes opened by yeah i've not been a tourist in ghana i've lived in communities families you see things a different way you know yes, I, I mean i i went to um you know there are markets in, or there are some well-known markets in Ghana where girls are just traded. I mean, it's—I wouldn't call yeah. it a slave market, but it's yeah. pretty close to that. Yeah. And, um, you know, you don't see those things when you're a tourist. No, it
1: was staying in the seven-star hotels and. Yeah, yeah. You don't well, see. I, 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 tend to see like, things I out there. I don't like that. I don't like that myself. I mm. just feel that I, I'm not really a good tourist. I don't feel comfortable. And yeah. I like to go and live in the community yeah. because that's where you get a real picture of the day-to-day experience. Um uh, yeah, you can go to Ghana and stay in those seven-star hotels and never see this, what you're telling what we're talking about. You never see it.
2: Well, I and suspect so like me, you're like me, if you did your um strength finder traits, you know, when yeah. they when you, in corporate life, you do a strength yes. finder and they tell you what your top five traits are. Yes. Another one trait would probably be an empath like, like me, That's which is right, no, I'm totally taking...
1: crippling. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's so overwhelming that then you start thinking, oh, I'm only one person. What can you... you know, it can be so overwhelming that you can actually paralyze you. You do nothing yeah. because you don't know where to start. Yeah, and But then I, I then get motivated. So even if I make a difference of one person, one child, it's okay. worth me getting up. <laughs> it's worth making
2: up. It's so rewarding as well it's so know.
1: rewarding isn't it it's, uh, it's so pleasing you know it's, it's uh, yeah for me then uh, it, it sort of say you know when when you do something you love it's not work no
2: that's absolutely right I mean I, I think one of the one of the greatest um one of the greatest problems for me in terms of my funding work in terms of you know because we've got to get funding for after the pilot project is when I when I go to meetings with you know UNICEF or um, any of the other UN agencies or USAID or UK Aid, mm-hmm. you know, I walk away and you know. Whilst I have a lot of lived experience, uh, I don't have any formal academic qualification in what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, um, you know, quite often I'll have a meeting and I'll be the only person in the room who's actually met a victim of human trafficking. Yeah,
1: I know. Yeah. You and know, you
2: and yet these, these people don't, are involved You don't need in to
1: have degrees, they, you need people like you. you. You don't need to have a degree, PhD, in whatever, professional, whatever, for you to have empathy. And for you to say, look, this something needs to be done. Mm. Mm. You know, you don't yeah.
2: need to be done. I mean, the only thing is it does help get a salary yes
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> we'll talk about that then oh it's so nice to talk to you i can spend hours talking to you but i do realize you you've got um things to do and i have to go okay uh, thank you very much i really would like to keep in touch yeah and um I, I i will let you know when the podcast is out uh-huh. and, thank you. Um, I'll, uh, yes I, I really definitely love. To,
2: i've put now got your whatsapp Thank you. Thank you, Nasha. It's lovely to meet you. I've, I've read so much about you and well done. All <laughs> your amazing work. Yeah, you're yeah, a true you star, well. superstar. Yeah.
1: Yeah, thank you. Bye bye.